Mentality monsters. I'm going to use the word with the Irish well rugby done. team. Someone pressed that arm. It must be. Let's take it off Liverpool. Let's take it off the Reds. And let's attach it to the Ireland rugby team. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. Well, Kenny, it finished Arsenal 4, Crystal Palace 1. Pretty dominant win by the Gunners, who go eight points clear at the top of the table. And it's just hard to see them losing a game now. They've got 10 left this season. <laughs> the goals are flying in. And Pencil Dill is a toilet winners then. Well, I kind of always fancied I didn't. I thought people talked about them as... Yeah, but people talk about them as bottlers and all. I just don't see it in this Arsenal team. They've got a bit of grit and determination there, don't they? No, I agree with you. No, I agree with you. Maybe you could suggest a couple of weeks or maybe a slight wobble in terms of performances. Remember the Villa game? Yeah. Obviously left the late there, a little bit open, conceded. And they remember the Leicester game after that, they weren't at their best. That coincided now with party being out of the team, but they kind of, they ground out those two two victories kind of uh, back-to-back and you just feel as if they just found their mojo since then. And today was a good example of it, you know, that kind of, uh, fast-paced, dynamic attacking football that we were used to seeing probably for the, the whole of the first half of the season. They're kind of back in that kind of groove and that uh, doesn't all go very well for Manchester City. When you look at Arsenal playing and you see the different little passing moves that they make in the build-up to these goals, there's times when you think, well, they might be taking too much out of the ball here, but it just seems to work for them now. Everything is just going so, so well. Yeah, they're patient. Got those little kind of fixed uh, patterns. We know how they play now. <clears throat> we know the positions that Sinchenko takes up now in central midfield. That pushes uh, Xhaka higher up. So they almost play with two number 10s. Xhaka playing just in behind off the left. And now the guy gets pushed a little bit right of centre to the right-hand side. And I think that's mostly where Arsenal's threat come from. He gets pushed closer to uh, Saka than that side of the pitch, and they love playing with each other. It's natural, the kind of the link up play between uh, them two. They can in- anticipate each other's movements, etc. Ben White kind of joins in, and to be fair, was uh, done very well today. Uh, ben White in the last tour of the pitch has kind of found delivery, his productivity is predominantly like an out and out defender, centre half, really. So. Yeah, Arsenal really carried a threat down that side of the pitch. Yeah, and it was a top-class performance. It wasn't perfect, maybe, uh, at times. A little bit sloppy, maybe final ball at times in that first half in the game. But you'd have to give Palace credit, a little bit of credit for that. I thought the defensive setup was good. You know, weren't easy to open up, so Arsenal had to be patient, keep moving the ball. You have to move it quick. Uh, movement ahead of the ball has to be good. And, yeah, the, the quality eventually has to be there. And they found that Arsenal. They wrestled with it a little bit, maybe, for us 20, 25 minutes. But uh, yeah, they didn't panic. Just kept playing their football. That confidence you're you're talking about, that kind of self belief. They believe in each other. Let's keep going. You know, let, let's keep rolling it out. And uh, the goals will come. And they did. It was a spirited Crystal Palace performance. But yeah, just couldn't live with Arsenal on the day. As we talked about during the game as well, they don't have that out and out striker. So how important it is for the two wingers, Martinelli and Saka, to be bagging a lot of goals. They got over 24 between them. It's been a brilliant record for them or a return from them, hasn't it, this season? Yeah, I hear what you're saying in terms of not an out-and-out strike. I'd probably disagree with that when Gabriel, certainly when uh, Jesus is yeah. available. I consider him a centre-forward. I, th- I think he's a number nine. Now, now people say, well, he drops off in the deep position, he goes into wide areas, and he does, absolutely, no doubt about that. But he's very comfortable in that set, central striking position. He makes good runs uh, in the box. So for me, he's got a lot of the attributes of a natural number nine. Just doesn't discipline himself to play as an orthodox number nine. Uh, as we see pe- uh, possibly with Haaland off the shoulders of the last defenders just waiting for the ball to come to him he goes hunting the ball he likes to be involved in the build up as well and you're right when he drops off into those little pockets 
that's generally the trigger for the likes of Saka and Martinelli to drive into those spaces, those diagonal runs from outside to in into the space in behind. They're very good at it and they got real acceleration as well. You saw Mitchell had a few issues with Saka, you know, just checking to receive the ball to uh, feet and spinning in behind. Martinelli's the same. It's a nightmare for fullbacks, uh, really, with those two players. You drop off and you let them have the ball, they get torn and they'll run at you and look to beat you 1v1. If you get too tight and they feel you, they'll draw you under the ball and then spin into the space in behind. So, yeah, it's a tough ass at the moment for any fullback up against those two Arsenal wingers. They've been they've had two outstanding seasons. And then look with Jesus coming back, Trossard they signed in January and he's got off to a flyer as well, Arsenal. He's really contributing. It's just everything is going so so well for Mikel Arteta. Like do you see any kind of areas of concern over this last ten games now for them? A couple of difficult fixtures there with Liverpool away, Manchester City away. Yeah. There's a couple of other yeah. games there that they might... Yeah. But playing this playing this way, I know what you're saying. Uh, like, do you Steve, think they could go that, to those two matches away from home and win them? Yeah, absolutely. But the, what's going to be key for them for me is just just key personnel. So we spoke about party a couple of weeks ago, out of the team for a couple of games. Georgina comes in, drop off for me. Um, Saliba go, went out of the team today. Holding comes in. Done okay today, don't get me wrong, but drop off for me if Holding's got to play there for four, five, six games. Particularly those big games that you're talking about. They've got to go to Liverpool, uh, Chelsea, Manchester City. They had to go to those games where Holding it sent to half would be a slight worry. But what's going in their favour now is they haven't got uh, the amount of games coming down the road that Manchester City have. They're pretty much playing week to week from now to the end of the season. Arteta gets his players back from international duty. Fingers crossed he gets most of them back uh, fit. If Saliba isn't kind of long-term Tomoyasu, get those players back reasonably quickly, then Arsenal are in such a strong position. I really think they're strong favourites at the the moment. And what will help them will be a less congested fixture schedule between now and the end of the season. I think that gives them um, an advantage over Manchester City. He'll be looking to go deep, obviously, in the Champions League. Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League Scottish Premiership and much more Live on Sky Sports We know Crystal Palace are in trouble Um, They hit the panic button during the week Got rid of Patrick Vieira The talk now is possibly Roy Hodgson 75 years of age coming back to the club with whom he has such a close bond and trying to keep him in the Premier League. Is that a bad move, do you think? No, it wouldn't necessarily be a bad move. I think, obviously, they have the respect, certainly, of the, of the players in the dressing room. A number of those players, of quite a few of them actually would have uh, worked with him. We know how he kind of tactically, how he sets up the team. But I've got to be honest with you, so nothing wrong with the tactical setup of the team today, that, uh, the team that Paddy put on the, uh, the pitch today in terms of personnel and even in terms of the kind of the structure, in and out possession. Yes, they were kind of dominated, and got penned in for reasonably long periods, but that's to be expected. But I thought they looked reasonably comfortable in their uh, defensive shape. They didn't get overly stretched, didn't get opened up too much. Mm-hmm. Dr. Corey and uh, Milievich in centre midfield are very disciplined in there. The back four unit generally stood up uh, quite well, I thought, but it's just so much pressure coming, so much sustained pressure over the course in the 90 minutes. It's difficult to hold out. So I didn't think that was a poor defensive performance uh, from Palace Day, if anything. I think uh, Paddy McCarty, when he looks at that game, I'm sure he'll look at it again this evening with his coaching staff. He'll be he'll be happy with a lot with uh, what he saw from his players in terms of the individual um, performances, defensive discipline. The opening 20, 25 minutes, I just uh, I thought they offered an attacking threat, particularly on the counter attack. And I thought, well, this could be an interesting game. Could potentially pick Arsenal off here. 
got their goal. <clears throat> Could have had another one. Zaha had a great chance of 3-1. He scores that goal, it's 3-2. Mm. It's a totally different Hit game. Hit the post as well, of course, yeah, in the first yeah. half. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so I know it'll be a natural. We've got to get... It's not. I don't look at that Palace team today and think, oh, this is a shambles. Mm. You know, they need somebody here to grab a hold of that. Like, they're all over the place. What system were they playing there today? Nobody understood their roles. I, I actually saw Palace team today were actually well well set up, kind of very disciplined, a lot of clear pictures there in terms of what the players were being asked to do. So I'll give Paddy McCarthy and his coach and staff credit for that. So yeah, I can understand the clamour. Hudson, you know, have a steady uh, uh, hand uh, at the till. But I've got to be honest with you, I would, uh, if I was Steve Parrish looking at that kind of, not, 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 forget about the result, the performance today, you know, I'd be slightly encouraged, you know what I mean, in terms of... Uh, Maybe thinking that Paddy McCarthy is the man. You know, if he's got the kind of personality and he's got a good response from the players during the week on the training ground and in the dressing room, you know, somebody coming in different personality um, has has actually lifted the dressing room. Maybe there's an argument for a Paddy keeping on uh, from now till the end of the season. And of course, he's got Dean Coley, former Irish goalkeeper, helping him out there, and he'll be on international duty over the next week or so as part of Stephen Kenny's coaching team. The big and, one, uh, the big, the, the big, big one. one. Forget be... about the big one at the Aviva yesterday. <laughs> he'll be getting his, uh, I suppose, getting his goalkeepers used to taking shots from Evan Ferguson. At the time of speaking, he's got two goals for Brighton in their FA Cup quarter final. They're going to a semi final, which is a great achievement uh, by the club. Tony Bloom there seems to be doing things really, really well. But Evan Ferguson, it looks like he should be starting. Stephen Kenny was coy on it during the week, Kenny, when he was asked about it. What do you think? No, I can understand that he's not going to commit to who's he's going to be in the start at 11. He wouldn't feed that information out to the opposition manager in particular. Yeah, I mean, his performance today, his goals today, don't change anything from uh, from my point of view. I feel as if he will start. I think he has to start. I think it warrants it. I think he deserves it. You want to piss, uh, You want to pick your best striker, informed striker, to start the game against the French. And I know there's an argument relatively inexperienced at this level, but I don't think that's a, really, a strong argument when you look at the impact that he's making in a Brighton jersey uh, so far this season. You know, no nerves whatsoever being asked to uh, uh, start as the uh, uh, number nine uh, for Brighton. He actually looks as if he's kind of reveled in the responsibility. So no reason to suggest there's going to be any different uh, with, a, with an Ireland jersey on his back. So... Yeah, I think he will start. I think it's the right decision. I think the the talk, the noise will be who's going to start alongside him. If Stephen elects to go with a front two, or maybe, maybe even a maybe even a narrow front three, that'll be the kind of questions which uh, Stephen Kelly and the, his coach and staff will be kind of wrestling with in the kind of in the week ahead. I just finally, <coughs> excuse me, was there any players when you looked at squad you kind of thought I'd like to see them in there? A few people were talking about maybe Sammy Smoddix. Andy Lyons doing well at Blackpool, can cover a few positions. Was there any players you thought stood out that maybe they should be in the squad that weren't? No, not particularly. No, no, no. I, th- I thought it was fair. Um, uh, Johnson's an interesting one. Obviously, the managers obviously uh, looked at him, looked at him at uh, close quarters to bring him kind of directly into the squad. Interesting to see what type of player he is. Obviously, been playing in Portugal uh, all season. We haven't really uh, seen him. By all accounts, very skill- skillful player, good little uh, dribbler. So uh, he'll be another option, obviously, uh, for the manager. No, I couldn't be. Oh, no, I would certainly wouldn't be overly critical. I wasn't overly surprised in terms of the, uh, the squad which was announced. I think Andy Lyon's an interesting one. Andy was always one, even before he went over to Blackpool. I thought if he starts well at Blackpool, so I'm going to go the other night, actually, on the, on the telly. If he starts when he gets minutes under his belt, I thought reasonably quickly he could come into the reckoning in the senior international team. Because of that versatility that you're talking about, he can play in either... 
uh, wing back position you know the amount of goals he scored for Shamrock Rovers prior to going <coughs> over to Blackpool as well provides an attack and strength he's a very capable uh, footballer Andy so you know m- maybe maybe you could have argued could have taken a punt and brought Andy into the squad but I think his, his time will come because mm. I think that left wing back position wouldn't say it's a problem for us we've got options there in terms of uh, James McLean uh, O'Dowda Robbie Brady have all had opportunities there end of Stevens to a point but um, yeah, I think Andy, uh, Andy down the line, maybe even the summer, those summer games against Greece coming up might come into the equation. But no, I think the squad was a fair one. I think it uh, looks reasonably balanced. So yeah, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, Kenny. Cheers, Dave. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership and much more live on Sky Sports.